Welcome to The Policy Shop, weekly conversations with public policy experts where we'll dive into the most important issues affecting all of us here in Illinois. I'm Hillary Gowans. Let's get started. Governor J.B. Pritzker appears to be considering a presidential run in 2024. Joining us today is IPI's Vice President of Marketing, Austin Berg, who will set the stage for what a Pritzker presidency could look like. Welcome, Austin. Thanks for having me. Okay, so Austin, if J.B. Pritzker runs for president, you and I are in an interesting position because we've been following his political career since it got going. You know, he was elected, he became the governor, and then in the first year, it was like he could pass whatever he wanted. He got his main agenda items ushered through all but the progressive tax, which everyone rejected in 2020. Um, and and now, you know, post-COVID, it's looking like he really wants to set his cap at the White House. So before we go down that path, let's talk about JB in Illinois. So has Illinois gotten better or worse under Governor J.B. Pritzker? That's a really good question. I think that's the first question people should ask when a governor is going to run for president. It's basically like, what were the results? They have a lot of power. Governors have a lot of power to determine the direction of their state. We saw that perhaps nowhere was that more evident than during COVID, but it's it was true before COVID and it will be true after the decisions that governors make have a large impact on the future of states and their state's performance. And when people talk about J.B. Pritzker for president, a lot of the reasons that they talk about are really political reasons. So they'll say, you know, in his first term, in his first session, he got this whole, this big agenda passed. They'll say he's got, you know, he's the richest governor, I think, in the history of the United States, definitely in the United States now. So he's got all this money. Um, he, he's giving millions of dollars to the Democratic Party apparatus generally nationally. He just gave like $24 million to the Democratic Governors Association. He's speaking in New Hampshire and people like him at the speech. He's speaking in Florida and Democrats like him at the Florida speech. But nowhere is anyone talking about Okay, well, what were the outcomes of any of these things that he did as governor? And I think if you go down the line on the issues that people care about, whether it's the economy, cost of living, um, corruption in Illinois, uh, uh, taxes and the state budget, migration, whether the state's growing or shrinking, he's been a failure on almost all of those issues in terms of the actual outcomes, not what he says has been done, but in terms of what has happened. And so we've got, we've got a whole running list that we put together today that we can go through. Yeah, let's go through were. those one by one. I think what's really interesting to think about, you know, you talked about how governors have a lot of power. Well, especially with JB, when he came into power, Madigan was still in office, but his power was waning. And so he didn't really have much of a challenge in terms of the person who was going to control what got through and what didn't. So if you want to talk about people who can get things done, well, we don't know if he can actually get things done because he has all the money, he has all the control, and he didn't really have much of a challenge in the legislature. Um, so that's really interesting to me. And I, one of the things that we were talking about before we got started, and I do wanna go through each of these buckets, but I wanna start with corruption. You know, so we bring up Madigan. Somehow, uh, Madigan never has, has um, been really a heavyweight around Pritzker's neck, mm -hmm. but, what else is out there with JB on corruption? Not only is there uh, a looming threat that he may be implicated in anything um, nefarious, but also does, has he done anything good for the state to curb our public corruption problem? There have been some tweaks around the edges on ethics reform in Illinois, but the reality is that Illinois needs the most severe ethics 
reform in the nation because we have the most severe corruption problem in the nation. We have more federal corruption convictions than any other state. We've had roughly one a week for the last 30 years running. That's corrupt federal public corruption convictions of Illinois officials around one per week for 30 years running. So we need really severe ethics reform. Pritzker has not delivered on that, and he didn't even really run on it. Um, and the reason he didn't really run on it is because he relied on Mike Madigan's Democratic Party operation to get elected. He gave that operation, I believe, around $10 million before he was elected. So, of course, Madigan would, fell in line with most of the things that he wanted in the legislature. So those, it's not like those corruption convictions have waned um, at all under Pritzker. That's still happening at a steady pace. He hired, I believe, over 30 people was the WBEZ reporting from Madigan's clout list. So basically every governor that comes in, Madigan had a list of people that he wanted hired in certain positions and Pritzker was happy to oblige uh, Madigan in hiring those patronage positions. And then I think the most egregious and undercovered thing that he's done is in the face of hiring all of these patronage clout hires into state government, his administration is using taxpayer money to sue to have the watchdog fired. So there's a court appointed monitor of all the patronage hiring in Illinois for good reason, because it's been a problem throughout the state's history. And the Pritzker administration has argued, this is fine, don't worry about it, we have it under control, this court ordered monitor should be removed. And that's crazy. I mean, in a state where we have such a massive problem with public corruption for the governor to be on the exact opposite side of better oversight and better better watchdogs in state government is really disappointing. Yeah, his like, we've got this attitude is really surprising. Um, okay, so let's go back to the things that people are feeling the most in terms of Pritzker's track record. And that's going to be stuff affiliated with our pocketbooks or associated with our pocketbooks. So in terms of tax and fee hikes, can you sort of set the stage for people in terms of what he's done and what you would consider his track record to be if we were to go to the next level politically? Yeah. So I really think it can be summed up into the haves and the have nots. So certain groups of people have fared very well under J.B. Pritzker, particularly government sector workers. Really, the rest of the state, which is the vast, vast, vast majority of people, 90 plus percent of people, have not fared so well. One of his first actions when becoming governor was, and again, this is a political tactic unrelated to outcomes. This is a political move. He gave AFSME, which is the largest state worker union, 12% uh, automatic raises throughout their next contract and a $2,500 bonus. So he got into office and he just dumped a bunch of taxpayer money into his allies in AFSME. Uh, and what do we see now in the private sector in Illinois? We have the worst unemployment rate in the Midwest. I think we have the fourth, what is it, fourth highest in the nation. So it's 4.5% unemployment. So our unemployment has persistently lagged, persistently uh, out uh, outperformed, if you want to say it that way. It's been higher than the rest of the nation and most of our peer states throughout his tenure as governor. We are last in the nation for small businesses that create jobs, forming those small businesses. They're called high propensity uh, business applications. The Census Bureau measures those. We were the worst in 2021 of any state we had the smallest increase. Uh, we have one of the lowest business formation rates in the Midwest, period. Uh, and we have, this is what I think is the perfect encapsulation of like rhetoric versus results for J.B. Pritzker. He talks this huge game on on diversity, equity, inclusion, on, on uh, serving black and brown Illinoisans. The racial employment gap in Illinois 
is wider than the rest of the U.S., meaning the gap between white and black economic outcomes, for example, in Illinois is wider than the rest of the nation. Uh, and that's, that gap has widened under Pritzker. Someone who is espousing these policy views should hope that that gap gets smaller um, and that a rising tide lifts all boats. The problem is economic outcomes have gotten worse for everybody. They've gotten especially worse for black and brown Illinoisans under J.B. Pritzker's policies. So why are these bad economic outcomes happening? Well, a lot of that in Illinois comes from really bad tax and fiscal policy. So under Pritzker, he's passed 24 tax and fee hikes. It's cost the average family around $2,700 a year. Property taxes, which were already the highest in the nation, have continued to skyrocket. Another rhetoric thing of like him saying he's addressing property taxes. The only property tax reform was when J.B. Pritzker tried to pass a progressive income tax constitutional amendment. He went to moderate Democrats and said, you can vote yes on this, but we're going to do something on property taxes. So you can go back to your constituents and say you're addressing property taxes because we're going to have, wait for this, a task force on property taxes. And that task force was bipartisan. <laughs> it failed to produce a single report, a single official recommendation for reducing the property tax burden and then disbanded. That's J.B. Pritzker's record on property taxes, which is the largest tax Illinoisans pay. Um, and the number one reason Illinoisans cite for wanting to move out of the state. And that's the final result, I think, that is most damning for Pritzker's record as governor, which is that we saw a record-setting population decline in 2021. And it wasn't because of COVID. It was because of out-migration. It was entirely driven by out-migration. We had a population de decline of 114,000 Illinoisans. Uh, and that was the second worst population decline in the nation. Illinois is the only state in the country where population decline has gotten worse for eight consecutive years. It's only getting worse under Pritzker because he's not addressing these very basic things of state economy and our, our tax and debt burden as a state. Mm -hmm. it, it was really frustrating. Uh, you, you know, the task force thing, it's just what they do when they know people are upset about something and they want to say, I hear you, we're working on it. And then they don't do anything to your point. Um, but then to to say, all right, you guys are struggling, Illinoisans. We're, I'm going to just stall on a tax hike on gas that I was supposed to enforce upon you or impose upon you in July. We're just going to wait until after the election so you don't feel the pain of that. Um, and then with the property tax rebate, $600 in savings on property taxes isn't going to do anything for anybody. Our tax bills are so high. Um, and the same with the grocery tax. I mean, it's all just um, very superficial and it's really frustrating to see that that's all we've gotten in terms of progress on fiscal reforms. Yeah. The only real tax relief that he's passed was, again, getting back to the political element of why people might be excited for him to run for governor. The only relief he's given was temporary, and it's ahead of the November election, and it's going to disappear right after, whether he's elected or not. Um, it's a lot of political rhetoric with really poor results for most people in Illinois. Well, and the the big topic you have to tackle, too, is um, COVID, because if we were pushing back on JB in a public forum and we were laying out all of these things that he hasn't been able to do for us yet. He would probably say, well, look, I had a great track record on COVID. Um, we had two plus years where we had to navigate fighting this virus. Um, but that's interesting too, because he took a very heavy handed approach in terms of how to navigate 
the pandemic. So how does his approach to COVID provide a glimpse into the future were he to become president? Well, I think even in an interview with Pritzker himself, when asked, what is a mistake that you made during COVID, his response was essentially being way too heavy handed with shutting down, quote, non-essential businesses, your bookstores, your hardware stores, your whatever. Um, and I think most people in Illinois would agree with him on that. Of course, he gets a lot of latitude and governors across the nation got a lot of latitude for their actions taken during COVID. It was an emergency. Um, so governors had, you know, these sort of extraordinary powers and they used them in very different ways. We're still in a state of emergency in Illinois today. I, what is it, like 30 plus consecutive yeah, it's months? it's almost 40 now. Yeah, almost as, you know, a majority of his term will have been governing via executive fiat over the state of Illinois, which he completely ignored the General Assembly, which was members of his own party, supermajority Democrats, and they had literally no voice whatsoever for a year, two years uh, during COVID for COVID policy. So you had constituents who maybe have had totally different opinions than the governor on uh, what they needed to keep their communities safe. They were not heard at all um, because there was no democracy whatsoever. There was no check on the executive authority. Pritzker wielded that uh, and made mistakes to his own admission. And we see that both in the economic effects felt in Illinois uh, and we see it persisting. It's The state is very, very slow to recover. Um, and I think that's due not only to heavy hand during COVID, but uh, these structural issues that he has refused to fix, for example, are crushing pension debt and really, really high property taxes, because fixing those things do not benefit his core political muscle in the state, which is government sector unions. How do you think he would do if he ran? For president? Mm -hmm. Remains to be seen, right? Like, I think a lot of people think money is everything when it comes to politics. Michael Bloomberg is like the greatest example of why that's not the case. I think he spent more money per vote than any candidate in the history of any election in any country in the world ever. And he, <laughs> and it was an embarrassment. He lost, right? Um, so, you know, who knows? Maybe a bunch of factors conspired so that he is, you know, the leading Democratic candidate in the, in the primary in 2024. I think if he's judged on his results in Illinois, he's going to have a really tough time. I think if he's judged as on his um, political saleability or something like that, then maybe he has a shot. All right. Well, thank you for tracking this and for your analysis. And we'll keep doing more of the same as we inch closer and closer to November. Thanks, Thanks Austin. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To keep up with all of our work at the Illinois Policy Institute and to sign up for our newsletter, visit IllinoisPolicy.org. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Policy Shop.